For many years of uh, teaching the gospel in the book of Romans, I didn't feel comfortable with chapters 9, 10, and 11. We're about to start on those chapters, uh, but they just seemed not to fit to me. I didn't uh, uh, understand how they related to uh, the earlier passages, the earlier chapters, and uh, they seemed uh, to be very, very difficult to interpret, very, very difficult to explain. A part of the problem, of course, was that I didn't fully understand what Paul was getting at in the first place. Um, so then uh, certain circumstances, certain events took place in my life that made me realize or made me understand more freely and more uh, easily what Romans 9 through 11 meant. And I have to say, I was just blown away. It was uh, an astonishing realization of what Paul was saying, and I hope you will uh, discover that with me as we go through this book of Romans, especially through these uh, chapters, as I mentioned, 9 through 11. I first came, well, in any serious way, in touch with the Book of Romans in 1971 of all times, a long time ago, um, when I was at university in uh, Berrien Springs, Michigan, and uh, I was finishing off a degree, in uh, a master's degree, and uh, someone told me that I should attend Dr. Hans Larondell's class on the Book of Romans, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, I couldn't do that, uh, at least uh, um, in my course it didn't fit, but uh, um, I was able to take it as an elective, and I went to that class at first astonished that there were so many people. I mean, uh, the I would imagine it. Uh, the classroom broke the fire code because everybody, the place was filled. People were standing by the walls. There were no seats available, uh, and uh, people were sitting in the aisles, and everybody was wanting to get there as soon as possible in order to get a seat. Well, Har Lance Haron, uh, Hans Larondell, I should say, taught that book of Romans every Monday through Friday for a whole quarter, and it was almost too much for me to believe. I went back to my dorm room on a regular basis after that class, just wondering how wonderful this is and how true it seems to be, and yet afraid to believe it, because it seemed that I was that if I did believe it, I would be slacking off and thinking and assuming that God was going to accept me no matter what state of mind and uh, personhood I was in. You see, I became a Christian at 15, but I had many great troubles in my life, even as a young man. Lots of guilt, lots of anxiety, lots of shame, and uh, I didn't feel healthy mentally at all. I didn't realize I didn't, but I look back on it and I realize I wasn't emotionally healthy in those years at all. And then when I became a Christian at 15, uh, it was wonderful news at first, but slowly as the realization grew, I realized I was a very imperfect, sinful man. And I didn't have 
the hope or the understanding of the gospel to relieve me of that terror. And so all I felt I could do was to become a better man, to be approved by God, more obedient to the Ten Commandments, more uh, consistent and disciplined in my life, more control, in control of my thoughts and feelings. But the more I tried, the worse it got. And uh, I was a dedicated Christian, but I the, I've realized now, looking back on it, that I was involved in what I might call a, a religious neurosis. The more I tried to obey, the worse it got. The worse it got, the more guilt I felt, and the more I tried to obey. And I was in a vicious psychological and spiritual circle. So when Dr. LaRondelle taught these classes and taught that Jesus Christ is our righteousness, that we are not righteous in ourselves, but we are counted as righteous in him, and that God justifies the ungodly, yes, the ungodly, not justifies or declares innocent the perfect or the victorious or the completely obedient, but the ungodly and that Jesus came to be the second Adam to provide justification for human beings, where the first Adam had brought only guilt and shame. These were such expansive and beautiful truths to me and opened up Jesus, my Savior, to me in a way that was so overwhelming that it seemed that if I believed it, it would be sinful. Isn't that an odd state of mind to be in? But that is what the case was. But gradually, as Larondel taught, I came to believe it. I came to learn to give thanks to God and to praise Him that what He had done in Jesus Christ for me, that Christ was my righteousness, I began to feel more of a calmness within me, more of a peace more able to deal with my temptations and sins and proclivities and my addictions, uh, more willing to bring all of my wrongdoing before God, but not in an overwhelmingly shamed state, and uh, uh, a state which would which actually made me worse. I would bring my sins and my wrongdoing to God, but had no sense that I was a truly forgiven man. Well, all that began to change. I say began to change because it takes time to realize the good news. One uh, grows bit by bit and uh, realizes that there is uh, an enormous boon of grace that we only dip our toe in at first, but then we realize, hey, this is a wonderful lake. Uh, I can swim in this. I can dive into it, and God will be merciful to me. It's very, very different from libertinism or um, the freedom to just do what the heck you want, but it is a liberty that is so expansive, so deep, so wide, so high, that you can afford to fail. You can afford to make a mistake and make a dozen mistakes and make a thousand mistakes and still come back to God. You can afford to tell God everything 
that's going on. You can even tell God you don't want to be obedient anymore. You can tell him that you'd, you're getting bored with him. You, you uh, um, don't like what you see in uh, the Gospels or the Church or the Bible. And God, and you can confess it, you can acknowledge that I know this is screwed up, dear Lord, but this is how I am at the moment. And God receives you and there is no condemnation. The point is your heart is open to him. And that's another thing that I learned uh, as a sort of side effect. The heart open to God is a heart in conversation with him is a heart that is no longer, or a, a heart, yes, a soul, I might say, that is no longer alone, no longer isolated. You see, when you're into legalism, as I was, or perfectionism, more accurately, then when you fail to be perfect for a day or a week, you get so overwhelmed with discouragement that you close down towards God. You shut him out. Now, that is the core that is the foundation, if you like, of addictions of all kinds. Your issue is not primarily with drugs or alcohol or food issues or sex issues or gambling or whatever or work addiction. It's with the silent soul, the soul that has gone into isolation, into silence because it is overwhelmed with shame and guilt and feeling that God, if he, if you spoke up to God, he would just slam you or poke his finger in your chest and say, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do anything right? And so we go into this silence, this dark pit of depression or loneliness or disconnectedness, and there's nothing left to comfort us except well, the addiction all over again, the sin all over again, the, the drug of choice all over again. So we have to go for that for comfort. And so, you see, God knows that we have our idols, and God allows us to have the, our idols until we have the courage to say, Lord God, would you come in with me in regard to my idols so that I don't feel I need them anymore? and so that I can take your hand and we can walk out of this thing, this pit, together. So this is what I was learning. I was learning the gospel not only as a fact, as a reality, as a cognitive, intellectual reality, but I was learning about God through the book of Romans. I was learning who he was, what he had done in Jesus Christ. And as I was learning that, I was thereby learning how to speak to him, how to say thank you for what he'd done, because I didn't really know what he had done before this. I knew a lot of doctrines. Oh, yes, doctrines. I knew the inside outs of doctrines. But the chief doctrine of who Christ is and what he has done and what the atonement means and how by faith we trust in him and affirm who we are in his righteousness, those doctrines I didn't know anything about. I knew about end-of-the-world doctrines, eschatology and time, uh, you know, prophecies and all of that. But the gospel itself, I didn't know. And so my soul was thirsty and parched while my mind had lots of information in it, 
but nothing to comfort my soul. It is God who is our comforter. It is Jesus Christ who is the the wonderful companion that keeps us going in life and that gives us his strength and his spirit. And so once we once I began to realize that, then things began to brighten a little bit. This is an oversimplified statement of my history. It's not intended to be a history at all, but just a few examples for you to latch on to. But I'll tell you, following the good news described in this book is life-changing. So, keep joining me, will you, Monday through Friday. This is Colin Cook, and this is How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news as we explore it through the Book of Romans. You can hear the broadcast every Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. You can also hear the broadcast on your phone. Simply download uh, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Or go directly to soundcloud.com slash faithquest or... uh, faithquest.podbean.com and I need your support Um, you know I've lost a few I sense that I have lost a few listeners um, who are rather upset or maybe rather upset with me for what I see in scripture uh, the teaching that God will ultimately save every human being that ever lived and will live all the sheep and the goats by faith in Christ but first he may have to bring judgment to many until they have faith in him but he will do it so it's unfortunate that I may have lost some because they may have think, thought that I've just gone off the edge and uh, 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 embraced a heresy. But if you listen in, you'll realize that I'm staying very close to the Word of God. So please help me if you would. Send your donations to FaithQuest P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God God bless.